welcome back to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope, Harry, and this is Meditation 22, Blessed Are the Rains. Before we get into this meditation, let us take care of these housekeeping notes. First and foremost, the Friends of the Blasphemous Pope podcast. Starting first is our very generous listener supporter, Mr. Vincent Easley at RLM, that is Real Liberty Media. Um, they can be found at reallibertymedia.com. Uh, currently, they are negotiating some site changes and content uh, additions, potentially including yours truly. Uh, we are unsure yet about that, but one thing we are sure about is coming on the horizons is broad assumptions with other friends of the Blasphemous Pope podcast, Amy Lynn Russell and Donna Van Meter. Um, They'll be coming to reallibertymedia.com soon. Uh, Moving along, we have Star O'Hara with her Extremist Being Awesome, which is a motivation and accountability group made for those who are extremists in the eyes of the state. So let's just uh, put that there like that. Uh, For $20 a month, you have unlimited access and access to perks uh, that are listed on Star Harris Substack. So I would absolutely go check it out. The link for the Substack is in the description, as well as the link for RLM Media, even though it's reallibertymedia.com. It's pretty easy. Anyway, moving right along, we have Nathan Frazier, who is uh, the Master of the Dark Arts of Marketing. He has uh, a lot of knowledge to share about marketing and getting your yourself out there, getting clients uh, to notice what you do and uh, allow you to do it for more of them uh, for better money, <laughs> uh, to put it uh, mildly. Uh, fellow anchor podcaster uh, over at... Wild Little Podcast is California Cowgirl. Uh, she is a uh, a rancher, I, I would guess that's what we would call her. But uh, her podcasts are about her life, and uh, it is a wild ride. If you uh, if you are into that type of thing, it's sort of like an open book diary, and and it is it's pretty crazy in there. Um, then. Uh, we have Christy Caruana over on Instagram. We have We Trade Free, uh, Kennedy Edwards, and London Gardens over on Twitter. Uh, uh, we also have uh, Mike Witt, Mr. Michael Witt, over on uh, Instagram as well. You can reach out to me at Harry Felker at almost every social media that there is out there. I am old and I got in there early, so. Uh, if you look on, look for me on Facebook, it's Harry Felker. On Twitter, it's Harry Felker. On Instagram, it's Harry Felker. It's me. Um, now, we, we do a lot of projects here over at, uh, at the cathedral, as it were. Um, most of them do with food growing and with uh, uh, composting. And those things you can find on my TikTok, which is, surprise, surprise, Harry Felker Base. Uh, because originally I was going to be using that for base video, but yeah, that's not working out. So I'm using it to highlight my my projects. 
I am embroiled in a physical challenge in order to get myself back into uh, better shape than I was, uh, well, after this past year of chaos that I've had to go through. So um, I haven't yet posted much as far as my progress is concerned. I am planning on posting more, uh, but things had gotten crazy with my, my work and whatnot. So. Uh, that kind of got in the way and uh, my automatic bashfulness over my self-conscious body uh, well there's that as well so um, as I'm overcoming all of that stuff uh, there's there's that it, we'll be doing more uh, with that soon as far as uh, um, accountability is con concerned you know posting um, with that I want to say that communication is uh, very important to me it's very important to community building and I really want to build the community here not so much for the physical aspect of community that I, I kind of harp on having people around you but for the social aspect of community so uh, if there's something that you're interested in that I'm talking about or I haven't talked about yet that you want me to talk about uh, or there's something I did talk about that you disagree with me I'm absolutely open to hearing people out i am not saying i'm never wrong i guess i am the worst pope in the world because i am very fallible um that being said um uh, that's not opening me up to spam i'm i'm saying like you know com communication's great but this is the internet era i'm gonna get like 600 messages from nigerian princes with all the money <sighs> Anyhow, when we come back from this brief message, uh, we will start Meditation 22. Blessed are the rains. for coming back after that brief ad break meditation 22 blessed are the rains today's meditation is about rain harvesting uh, the obvious point here it is about catching containing and using rain as a water source uh, rain falls from the sky uh, and generally speaking, uh, rain is considered uh, one of the cleaner ways in order to get water uh, for most purposes, uh, and it can be made uh, cleaner still uh, with, uh, with methodologies. Um, the first thing I want to talk about here is the sociological expectations because there is a lot of myth that needs to be busted about this first and foremost 
the federal government of the United States does not prohibit the catching and harvesting of rainwater. Does not. There is no law against it. It is a 100% legal action in the eyes of the federal government. Furthermore, with the exception of a few states, it is 100% legal to catch rain and do whatever you wish with it. And in some cases, there are certain states where you get tax incentives, meaning you pay less in your taxes or you get tax rebates from uh, because you're catching rain uh, and using that, you're using less of the municipal resources. The states that it's not completely free, it is not illegal, it is just regulated. Um, there's uh, regulation in places like California, uh, and I believe North Carolina, uh, but that that's not illegal. It's just uh, regulated as far as um, in California, it's you have to be doing it for a very specific purpose uh, and you have to state what that purpose is to the uh, state of California. And uh, North Carolina, I believe it is uh, cleanliness regulations or what have you, which is something that you should be doing anyway, especially if you are planning on drinking said water. <laughs> now, when we go into the deeper onion, or the, I guess the outer layers of the onion of government, municipalities are not your friend in this case. Uh, there are a lot of municipalities that have um, requirements and downright bans on harvesting and using rainwater and the ever-dreaded <sighs> HOA, um, which is literally the most repugnant. It is out of the, the layers of onion of the state. The HOA is literally the skin. It's not even useful in any way, shape, or form. But they do have, uh, HOAs usually in, in, in most cases have very strict guidelines that do not allow for things like catching and using rainwater for fear that the Karens might get upset. Um, and that's that. We, we have to understand that I know that there is a lot of um, misinformation out there as far as rain catchment is concerned and whether or not it's a, le it's a, a legal action or not. Uh, I have not yet found a single uh, state level or federal level law saying you are not allowed, you are not permitted to catch rainwater and use it for your own purposes. Um, and I've looked far and wide because this was my main concern for those of um, the listeners out there that are uh, looking to have as little state interaction as possible. If it were illegal, that would invite the state to come and be a pain in your butt. So we, we are all on the same page here. Uh, at the state level, at the federal level, there is no um, undue... Uh, 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 obstacle to collecting your rainwater and using it for your own purposes there 
there may be at the municipal level and that is something you're gonna have to check uh, based on your own municipality and if you were not bright enough to avoid a homeowners association well that's another stone you're gonna have to hurdle on your own I don't know why someone would sign up for extra government it's not like the government has ever been the greatest thing since you know its inception it's been the most horrible bane on human existence for the last 5,000 years why would you want more of that I I am at a loss for words when we come back uh, we are going to be talking about some methodology and uh, some of the particulars about those methodologies uh, right after this brief break after that uh, little brief break there uh, so what we're going to be talking about now is some of the methodologies behind uh, catching rain uh, as far as uh, the catchment services the services that collect quote-unquote the rain uh, you have two general camps here and they differ in how they are implemented beyond the catchment and um, what kind of investment you're going to really be needing to to take advantage of them uh, first and foremost we're going to be talking about surface runoff now surface runoff is when you have a surface whether it be a driveway or it be a hill or it be um, balconies on buildings in an urban environment there's always going to be runoff uh, and most cases I guess not always but in most cases there will be runoff that runoff generally can be collected because it's not getting absorbed into the ground now when you collect your surface runoff you're generally going to be doing most of your your holding filtering and whatnot underground and this is where the financial investment really comes in your surface run runoff systems because they have to go with gravity will always end up having to be underground and that is expensive to be compl completely honest and it is land intensive you're going to be using a lot of land to do surface runoff especially if you're doing it for drinking water or bathing water or what have you um, if you are just using it for irrigation uh, there's methods of surface runoff collection that require less intricate holes I guess is the best way to put that uh, and basically they will work as like a storage tank that leaches into the ground slowly allowing more water absorption over a longer period of time in between rains now 
there are problems with this of course you know you you can end up with uh with uh, bug larvae of of sorts be it mosquitoes gnats what have you and that is a problem but for the most part these are the two general ways that you do your your surface runoff collection whether it's going to be a gravity fed system of uh well aquifers basically um, or you're going to be feeding a natural aquifer that your well taps into and feeding the the ground with water over a longer period of time than just when it rains uh, for your crops the other method of catchment and this is a method of catchment that is much cheaper much more cost effective and I feel a little more efficient for most people would be rooftop ra uh, rain catchment. Now, what I mean by rooftop, obviously, is uh, the rain that falls off your roof. If you live in the city and you have a flat roof, there is always a rain uh, overflow, you know, basically a drain that goes off the roof and it runs, you know, generally like right out right off the building and that's it you know uh, hooking a, a simple piece of uh, PVC to that is automatically going to catch rain uh, we'll get into the details of the nitty-gritty of of catchment systems and uh, uh, flush uh, adapters and what have you but basic rain catching in a barrel you know, you, you put a PVC pipe there and you will obviously end up with rain in your barrel. And the same thing goes for traditional houses with, you know, pitched roofs. You have gutters and those gutters go to a spout and that spout you can hook up PVC piping to and collect the rainwater that way. Um, now, these are gravity-fed systems. Uh, they... Uh, both of them are generally gravity-fed systems. You can uh, attach pumps and use it to uh, fill water into your house or uh, attach pumps and use it for forced, filtra uh, uh, forced irrigation, sorry. But for the most part, um, you're gonna be using gravity as your friend. So um, you can put your containment system elevated above the ground and use the force of gravity in order to give you water pressure for your irrigation systems or for your home uh, or any other application that which you're using um, the pro of this is obviously that it's very intuitive it's very uh, easy to diy there's plenty of products on the market for either system but diying our roof catchment is going to be easier financially and easier psychologically for a lot of people um, and the fact that it is above ground means that maintenance is a thousand times easier if you have to get your tank cleaned it's easier to do it if it's not buried underground obviously when we come back we're going to be talking about the first flush i hope to see you then
right, and here we are again. Now, let's talk about First Flush. Now, what do I mean by First Flush? Well, when we are catching rain off of any surface, uh, and even off of the ground, there is going to be a considerable amount of debris. Um, there's going to be biological matter, which then can be host to many bacteria, that which are not good for you to be drinking, washing with, what have you. We need to be able to pull this stuff out and we need to have a reasonable expectation of what to expect as far as what, we're be, what we will be pulling out of our uh, rain catching and harvesting um, devices. Now, if you are catching off of a roof or, um, and this is usually where it comes into play most because if you are catching water off of the ground into an underground system, there, there are methodologies that you can use that do not involve flushing your system because well, you don't have to. Um, it's going into the ground and using the ground as a filter uh, in the case of something that's going to leach back into the into nature. And if you are doing a aquifer type of setup, you are going to have to have something a little bit more elaborate as far as filtering is concerned. Again, making it much more expensive to run a surface uh, uh, runoff catchment system. So let's talk about first flush. Now, the first flush is about 10 gallons for every 1,000 square feet of catchment area. Now, what that means is if you have a 10 by 10 roof area that you are catching rain off of, the first gallon is going to be, because that's 100 square feet, uh, if you are not good at math, the first gallon is going to have to go into a first flush um, redirection. And that, that generally means that it just goes not in your tank. Um, the There's another name for this. It is also known as the cleaning flush because it's basically cleaning your catchment surface so that you can catch, you can harvest clean water or cleaner water uh, than you would be without it. Now, why do we do this? Well, like I had said, uh, you you want to not can have contaminants going into your tank so if you have previously uh, 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 harvested water from from the sky you know harvested rainwater you are not going to be looking to contaminate that with dead leaves bacteria uh, uh, gravel from your roofing material what have you uh, also uh, as far as tank maintenance and longevity you can expect usually around 20 years out of a uh, water harvesting tank uh, for a rooftop catchment system. And that happens if you have your first flush going out of the system and not going into the tank. The more debris and stuff that goes into the tank, the more you have to open it. The more you have to open the tank, the shorter its lifespan will be. That is just the way that that works. Now, how a uh, first flush diverter is what it's really called works. Um, there are two systems that which we're going to explore here. One is one I like to call a bobber system. I know that's probably not the name, but um, that's what I'm going to call it. And the other is uh, 
one that utilizes pipe bends. Now, the bobber system, what happens is you have your, your first flush diverter with a ball inside of it. The ball has to be roughly about the size of the interior dimensions of your piping. Uh, then what's going to happen as the rain comes down, the first flush is going to go into the tube with the ball. As the water fills the, the tube, the ball will rise. Uh, and once the ball comes up to the top of the diverter tube, it will then seal the diverter tube off and allow water to run over into the tank. Now, why is this important? Well, the, the debris, all of that stuff will slip past the ball and get up to, you know, and allow the ball to rise up. It will keep any of that debris from potentially being stirred up and coming up back in and getting into your tank. The pipe bends method, it basically just utilizes pipe bends in order to make it so that when the debris goes down, it has no way of getting stirred up to come back in. Uh, it is a simpler system, um, but it's, uh, it's not foolproof. Let's just put it that way. Uh, with all systems, you want to have a weep hole for drainage. There is going to be, you want to have constant drainage. You're going to want to have a filter there to make sure that no leaf debris gets into that hole. Um, you're going to want to have uh, your first flush draining away from your containment system, obviously. And you want to have a screw pipe fitting on the bottom so that you can remove debris from that uh, diverter. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about filtration. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back after that brief ad break. So I think I should come clean here. We are not going to be finished with rainwater anytime soon. It's probably going to be at least two weeks, maybe three, that we are going to be talking about rainwater systems, the chemical makeup of rainwater, what kind of pollutants we're going to be looking at, what kind of filtrations are going to be necessary for those things, what kind of filtration systems are going to be necessary for the biological things going on, specifically because this has to do with water that you are going to be putting in your body, and I feel that having the most information possible and the most solutions to the trouble spots would be beneficial for everyone. So seeing as uh, rooftop catchment is pretty much the easiest and cheapest way in order to catch rain um, I feel that we should be going into depth to all of the subject matter as it's relevant to this primary uh, method of rain collection now 
When we talk about filtration, we have to talk about something very important, and that is where is the filter? Is it before the tank or is it after the tank? Well, I'm here to tell you that it is always before the tank, but it also can be after the tank, especially when we're talking about things like drinking water or bathing water or water that is going to be exposed to potentially the eyes, nose, and mouth of small children. We absolutely want to filter before that has to happen, but we may also want to filter after the fact, after it's leaving the tank. This is just for dotting your I's, crossing your T's, being as careful as you possibly can with something that is so important as water. Now, when we talk about filtering, there are three really, well, there's two really main methods that we're going to be talking about. There is alternative methods as well, and we will explore those in a later podcast. But the main methods we're going to be talking about are mechanical filtration and carbon filtration. Just to be thorough, uh, alternate methods uh, are the sponge, UV light, chemical filtration, meaning chemically treating the water. Uh, there, there are plenty of methods for filtration out there, but the main ones that you really want to concern yourself with primarily are mechanical filtration and carbon filtration. Now, these can be done at the same time before the tank. Uh, a mechanical filter is sand and gravel. A wire mesh. Uh, the leaf guard is an example of a mechanical um, uh, filtration system because a leaf guard over your gutter is going to keep the debris out of your gutter. It's not going to keep all of it. You're still going to need a diverter, but it will keep the larger pieces of debris out of your gutter. Um, a carbon filter, on the other hand, is a more specialized thing and anybody who has filtered water um, through like a Brita pitcher is fairly uh, familiar with the effects of a carbon filter. Uh, a carbon filter is claimed to uh, be able to take chemicals uh, due to the nature of carbon uh, out of your water and make it safer for you to drink. Uh, chemicals such as chlorine, fluoride, things like that can be removed from your water, from your drinking water if it happens to be in the natural state uh, outside, but it has chemicals in it. Because, you know, pollution is a thing. It exists. We have to accept that. Now, as far as methodology is concerned, my suggestion and the suggestion of the research I had done uh, says that when you have a mechanical filter, having your leaf guard on your roof absolutely is a must. If you want to collect water, you really want to do that. But the place where you want your mechanical filtration system is to be after the diverter and before the water hits the tank. If you do buy a commercially available water filter, that will have uh, usually a in-tank mechanical filter. Now, that mechanical filter can also include a carbon filter and a lot of carbon filters are gravel mesh carbon mesh sand mesh and out 
into your tank, obviously. And that is a combination of these two types of filtration systems. And that is probably your most optimal case as far as a mechanical filter with a carbon additive. Um, but if you buy a commercial um, uh, harvest tank, that normally does come with a filter that is accessible from the entry point into the tank. If you are DIYing everything, building these things are easy. Again, I am going to be including schematics in a future blog post, and we are going to get very in-depth on how we can build these things and uh, uh, their usefulness. Again, as always, reach out. Thank you for coming and listening to me, and we will be continuing this conversation on rainwater catching next week. Bye.